Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Romans chapter number 14 and uh, we just finished up with James chapter 2, uh, and the Bible is primarily about how to go to heaven. That, that's what this book is primarily about. Secondarily, there's a thread that runs through the book, and that is how do you get along with believers? How, how do you interact with people that maybe are not at what you believe is a right or wrong? Every one of us, and Romans chapter 14 is the next hardest chapter in the Bible to understand if, if, if you don't put it in light of other people, my belief system. So let's just slowly walk through this. Bob Gray II has a belief system. If you'll notice here in verse number, um, in chapter 12, and uh, look at verse number uh, verse number 7, for none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live where, please? Unto the Lord. And whether we die, verse number 8, we die unto the what? Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the what? The Lord. So now if you'll look at verse number 10, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? And please look at this, for we shall, what please, all stand before the what? Judgment seat of Christ. And look at verse 12. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now, there are two judgments at the end time. There's the great white throne judgment. That judgment is when the lost are judged. But there is a judgment seat of Christ. Now, the judgment seat of Christ does not put your sonship or your daughtership, if you will, in question. That's not what that's there for. A lot of people have whitewashed the judgment seat of Christ because they have truly adopted this uh, part of Christianity that says, well, it doesn't matter how I live because, after all, I'm saved. When I get to heaven, all my sins were judged at Calvary. That is true but you're still going to have to give an account. Not for your sins, but for actions that did not contribute to eternity. It's, it's like you calling into question for your son, your daughter, why did you do that? And your daughter and son standing there going, um, um, good question. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I believe that when it says judgment, I believe the word account. We will be called into account. And I think we're living a very reckless, reckless way of living in our Christianity because we are pleasuring ourselves. We are making everything comfortable for our flesh and not even understanding that riotous living always will be called into account from the Savior. Because we carry his name. 
And even though we carry his name, he has already judged our sins. But he is going to ask us, why did you do that? And we are going to look into the eyes of our Savior. But I truly believe that Romans chapter 14 helps us understand that while we're walking on this planet and on this earth, while we're waiting for him to come back, Ephesians 5, I believe it, Galatians 5, while we wait for him to come back, there is a way we're supposed to live. So if you look at Romans 13, so let's back up, if you will. In Romans 13, starts with verse number 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And so now, if you will, go all the way down to verse number 6. Uh, for, for this cause, pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually unto the very things. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another. So now we're getting into the, to the basis here. Love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, uh, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you will notice, everything that was referred to in verse number 9 had to deal with others. The people sitting around you the people you interact with. There is a biblical way that we are to interact with these people. So now he's setting it up. Verse number 10, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Verse number 11, and that knowing the time that, it, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or in drunkenness, nor in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now we get to chapter 14 with this basis of others. And by the way, everything walking up to verse number 14 is about how it relates to others. Do you know that once you allow the lust of the flesh to rise to the top, always remember this, somebody else loses. Because for your flesh to be active means that you have to take advantage of somebody else's flesh. Because Galatians chapter 5 tells us that devouring one another is what the flesh wants to do. For instance, let your flesh get out of control, you devour your mate, you devour your friends, you now are very short-tempered, you can't get along with anybody because your flesh wants to be a piranha to the other flesh around you because God, because the devil doesn't like relationships. So now we come to verse number 14, and I want us to kind of walk through here. Him that is weak in the faith. So, so let's, let's kind of walk through this, this weak, if you will. Him that is weak in the flesh. The word weak here simply means to be handicapped because of information. What are we weak in? We are not weak in the flesh. Look what it says there. Him that is weak in the what? Faith. Now, always remember this when we get into Romans 14. In the area 
that I am strong in the faith, there is an area I am weak in the faith. So you sit here as a recipient of how and what have you been taught. That's what makes you strong. What have you not been taught? That's where you're weak. And for us to sit here and go, no, 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 I've arrived. I have learned it all. The worst position to be in as a Christian is when you have stepped through and said, I need no more education from the Bible because I am complete in my faith. I am very strong on the points I've been taught and trained and been shown in the Bible. I am very weak in the areas I have not been taught and trained in. So everybody brings to the table strength and weakness. Now he's telling us, how do you get along with somebody that is weak? So now we come to, to this, it says, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. So if somebody has a weaker level of belief than you do, then what are you to do with them? You are to receive them. But then there's a caveat, but not to doubtful disputation. And if you would, let's look at several where this word is found at. Go to Hebrews chapter 5 and, and verse number 14. So you go to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 14. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 14. So this doubtful disputation is what it says here. And, uh, and, and again, the word, the word doubtful, if you will, is all of a sudden um, that it's, it's a man deliberating with himself. So when you find somebody that is weak in the faith, you have to look at them as this. Why are they weak in the faith? So, so what is going on? But you don't start tearing them down. You just understand why are they weak? Look what it says here in Hebrews chapter 5 in verse number, let's, let's back up uh, to verse number 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing that ye are dull of what? Hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of what, please? Milk and not strong meat. And here's why somebody becomes weak. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a what? Babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to what, please? Discern both what? Good and evil. The only reason somebody is without information, and the word weak doesn't mean inferior. It doesn't mean that you're less. It means that you, I've just not been given that information. Why? Because I've not been in that arena yet. That, that's like, would we not all agree, those of us who have children, have raised children, some of us have grandchildren, and then we look at a young married couple, and they start they start down what they're going to do with their children. They don't have any children. And then all of a sudden, those of us who have had children, we simply shut our mouth and say what? They'll learn. They'll learn. They'll, they'll learn. Well, before I had grandchildren, I, I would look at the way grandparents interact. I said, oh, when I become a grandparent, I never will give in to that kind 
of manipulation. Y'all, I've given into more manipulation to the point that my children go, what happened to our father? And uh, so, so understand that we've just not been put in that position yet. And, and there are a lot of times a teenager's not been put in a dating position yet. A dating couple's not been put in an engagement position. An engaged couple has not been put in a newly married. So everybody's growing. So now you have this discerning that is not there. But what we can't do is we cannot jump in and say because they don't know they're bad. No, no, no. Everybody's learning. And so him that is weak in the faith. There are some things I don't know. I, I was telling Kelly uh, yesterday, I think it was, I read something in the Bible. I didn't know that. And I said, did you know? And she goes, I didn't know that. Then I told her something else. The second thing, I said, did you know? And she said, yeah, I knew that. And I was sitting there going, how does a woman know more than a man? You want to know why? Because she read it. So there are some things that I am still learning in the Scripture. You say, then why are you the pastor if you're still learning? Because I'm the pastor, been called of God, but it doesn't mean I know everything. Y'all, we don't want leadership that claims to know it all. That's a papal Catholic doctrine, and we don't want that. But how do you get along with people? Now, now let me just stop and say this. There's a difference between being weak in the faith and having the spirit of dissension. No, there's a big difference in that. And while we're interacting with people, we're going to find out some things you're very strong on, other people are very weak in, some things people are strong in, you're weak in. So how do we interact? Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputation. So now in verse number two, we start separating beliefs. Okay? Now here's where most churches cannot coexist cannot coexist. We have about five families that attend that are going to be joining over the next six months, and I'm having conversations with them, and uh, a recent conversation that uh, the family said I could use tonight, it was very interesting that they were asking me about joining the church, and they were asking, Pastor, I have a belief. Do you have that belief? And I said, no. And then they said, can, can we still join Emmanuel? And I said, yeah. And they were like, so I don't have to believe everything you believe. I said, y'all, listen, there are foundational beliefs that have to be there. But there are some beliefs. Boy, getting quiet now. There are some things that I am a verse 5, I'm a Romans 14, 5 guy. If you look at it. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be what? Fully persuaded in his what? Mind. So now you find out that there are some things that as a believer, I am fully persuaded persuaded in my mind and y'all check this one out I'm not going to change it for you for anybody else and for no amount of money then how do I get along with people who don't believe what I believe churches don't grow one because they're not going and they're not telling people about Jesus Christ and bringing them in but when a church gets in all of a sudden there are factions 
and there are divisions. Because one says I'm of Apollos. One says I'm of Paul. How do we coexist with everybody coming from a different cultural background, everybody coming from a different, different growth rate? How do you do this? Romans 14 begins to tell us, look, there are people that are weak in the faith. I'm fully persuaded in my mind on certain things. This is unmovable. There are other people that would look at what I'm fully persuaded in, and they would say, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You say, what are those things? And see, that's the beauty of it, because if you'll go to the end of Romans chapter 14, at the end of, look at verse 22. Look at it. Hast thou faith? What's the next phrase? Have it to what? Before who? Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. If I take all the personal beliefs that Bob Gray has that I am fully persuaded in my own mind, and if every time I interact with somebody that is not fully persuaded in his own mind, both of us love the Lord, and if I'm always putting them in my box, this is not how God wanted us to act. But this is very hard to do. Because how many times do you and I get irritated with people that we go, can't they, don't, don't they know the Bible says this? And don't they get, how can, let me tell you something. At the end of the day, I have to give an account. Bob Gray does. And God is doing something in Bob Gray's life, and there are things that I believe very deeply that I could show you 20 verses on because this is the work of grace God has done in my heart to keep this flesh from getting out of control. Now, here's the beauty of a church like this. When you allow God to work in your life, we will agree on the majority of what the book says and we will understand the minority of what we don't believe is what keeps us individually straight. The majority of what we believe is what keeps our church straight. Like, for instance, if I stood up here, and we're getting ready to take the Lord's Supper here in the fall, and I said, you know, I don't believe there's anything wrong with wine, um, and we will be serving wine for the Lord's Supper. How many of you, that would be the last time you would be a member of Emmanuel? I don't understand, though. I don't understand what's the big deal. Wine's in the Bible. Right now, there are some of you that just woke up and heard me say, wine's in the Bible? What's the big deal? There are some people listening by live stream that they'll go back and watch this, and then all of a sudden they go, did you hear what Pastor Gray said? And they'll clip it and they'll put it out. The manual's going liberal. But what's wrong? Do you see what I'm saying? What if all of a sudden I had a woman descend into the baptistry and she was the baptizer? Miss Thomas didn't even like the wine statement. She's leaving right now. <laughs> hey, she's either leaving right now because of the wine or she's going to baptize. Come on, sister, hurry. <laughs> oh, what a time to leave. Jets in heaven going, Dawn, sit down. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And bless God, never mind. There's still speakers in the hallway. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> but, 
But what if I had a woman come down into the baptistry and she was baptizing? How many, that would be a deal breaker for your church membership. Do you see what I'm saying? The majority of the text, we, we all would be here. If all of a sudden I showed up on Instagram down at the honky-tonk on Saturday night, and then I came in here on Sunday morning, how many, you would have a problem with that? Unless you... <laughs> uh, I forgot your back. And uh, there are certain things I don't say. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so now we get into verse number two. So now let's start looking at, we're not talking about the majority of the major beliefs that we all share in common. We are talking about growth. And we are talking about people that are starting to grow in their Christianity and do not think tenure means maturity. Tenure does not mean maturity. Tenure means you're still growing. The fact that somebody stays in church for 50,000 years like Coach Holland means that Coach Holland is still growing. Because what Coach Holland understands is, is although I've been here for 50 plus years, I still need to come on a Wednesday night and I still need to hear the Word of God taught. Because it has nothing to do... He is much more years my senior. But he's not older than the book. And in the Bible, we're still considered children. So now, let's start diving into what, what does it mean when somebody is weak in the faith? How does somebody that's strong in what they believe deal with somebody that's weak in their growth? Now, that's a dividing statement that will set the tone for everything. How does somebody that is strong in what they believe deal with people who are weak in their growth? Weak simply means without information. Are you not amazed when you talk to somebody and they say, I've never been out of, the, of Gregg County? Like you have never been out of Gregg County in your 50 years of age? And the man looks at you and goes, that's true. He, I said, why? He said, why leave? Everything I have is here. Like you have no desire to travel to the rest of the country. Nope. Like you have no desire. You have no desire to go to Russ County. Nope. Okay, this is funny. I thought Dennis Capps and this other man were going to get into. We had a men's meeting, and I was introducing these two, these two men. One was from Russ County. One's from Upshur County. And Brother Caps is from Upshur County. And Brother Caps, I introduced him. Hey, brother, this is Brother so-and-so. He's new to our church. And sir, this is Dennis Caps. He's new to our church. You know you're old when you refer to where you live by counties. Because they didn't have cities back then. They just had counties. Amen? And, uh, and, and so Brother Caps, just as homespun as can be, he went, oh, you're part of them Russ County rednecks. And uh, like Upshur County is superior to Russ County. Oh, 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 sorry, it's on that side. Section what? 105 row. <laughs> oh, look at Brother Jake. Yep, come on now. Upshur County. So anyways, this guy from Russ County stood up and said, you want to take this outside? And I'm sitting there going, mm, it's fixing to get on. And Brother Caps was like, just kidding. 
he know he wasn't. So, so how do you how do you how do you deal? So now let's get into it. Look at verse number two. For one believeth that he may may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth what herbs. So now you have a vegetarian and a meat eater. Okay. So now you have somebody that says, no, you can only eat herbs. And this person over here says, no, you can eat anything you want to eat. Now, when we, <laughs> when we, how many are vegetarians? Let's just get this settled. Okay. All right. How many are meat eaters? Okay. How many, how many, you're that guy that believes you can eat all things and you use that to eat all things. Okay. So. So now let's kind of put this in context of exactly what is going on. So people were getting saved. People were coming to Christ. This was not like they were raised in the church and then all of a sudden this was a natural. No, no, no. There were people that were part of temples that had meat to pagan idols. Along with these paganism, and along with these meats in this party atmosphere, and with the party and, 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 and the flesh being riotous, along with this party came all kinds of lewdness. There came all kinds of junk. This is why you'll find 1 Corinthians to the Corinthian church really bears down on sensuality. Because now, there's somebody that just stepped in, and they are just gotten saved, and they are looking at the lifestyle and that meat and that kind of party atmosphere was a part of their lifestyle when people who have Christ and they're secure because of Christ said this, none of that will send you to hell. You can go eat that meat. There, there's nothing wrong. It's discount meat. It's leftover meat. They didn't use all of it for their party. They're selling it cheap. And you know they were Baptist. They're selling it cheap. And there was one person that said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't eat that meat. You've got to stick to just herbs. And the guy over here was like, that, being involved in that, has nothing to do with you going to heaven and or hell. So how does somebody that is strong in salvation, in the security of salvation, deal with somebody who is just getting in to salvation? I'm going to make a very bold statement here. It's going to get me in trouble. It's not the new converts who are going backwards to the world. It is those who believe they can eat all meat. They have grown past the reason of their salvation. And ladies and gentlemen, they are violating Romans 14. Because Romans 14 says this. Now there are two people in the church. There's one person that says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Your tattoos won't send you to hell. Your rock music won't send you to hell. Your drinking won't send you to hell. None of that's going to send you to hell. And then there are new believers over here, weak in the faith. They, they don't know. They've not been. 
Weren't you just sitting right back over there? Did you get up and leave the auditorium? Man, this auditorium is doing weird things to me. So I feel like I'm preaching to a brand new crowd because you people are not sitting in your same spot saying, so, so here's what's happening. You, you, you have people that have to coexist. Now, if I am strong enough to believe I can eat everything, then am I not strong enough to believe I can abstain from anything? Because if I'm a firm believer, nothing I can do in this world will send me to hell. I am so secure. I am so secure in my salvation that I could get a tattoo and still go to heaven. I could drink and still go to heaven. Now this is blasphemous to those holiness people that don't believe in once saved, always saved, because they don't get it. But listen, I'm saved. And because I'm saved... I would never, one, get involved in anything that would make Christ look bad. But number two, the premise of Romans 14 is this. I believe anything I do won't send me to hell. These people just got saved, and they don't want anything to do with the lifestyle of hell. You see, they knew what it was like B.C., before Christ. And they knew the pagan parties and the sensuality and the lewdness and the moral depravity. And they all the time are like, I, 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 don't, I don't want nothing to do. I use an illustration by permission. A, a young married couple came in to see me some time ago, and I'm going to push it way back there for young married. They were young married at one point. And I said, tell me about the beginning days of your marriage. And the wife told me, she said, Pastor, I, I was dating a guy, and I was very in love with this, this guy. I thought I was going to marry this guy. It fell apart, and so I knew I wasn't going to marry him, but everybody knew how much I loved him. And, and so I subsequently, my husband, we fell in love, got married, and I'm happily married, we show up at a wedding for one of our mutual friends, and there he was. And I said, what'd you do? She said, when I saw him, I dropped my head, and I quickly went the other way. And I said, why? Because you're in love with him still? Nope. But I didn't want my husband to think I wanted anything to do with the relationship before I found him. There are people who have gotten saved. And there are people who they have horror stories, nightmares of a life before Christ. You know how they're living now? Herbs. Herbs. Because I don't want to be involved in anything that would make my Savior think that I do not appreciate salvation. Do you see what's happening? And so now you have a church that is people that no, we're so secure in salvation that none of this is going to make a difference in eternity, so it really doesn't matter. And then you have people that have just gotten saved, and they're, and they're like, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with that. So now you have one that believes they can eat all things, another who is weak, again, not inferior. They, they, just, they just haven't grown in the faith. And, and can I stop and just say this? I don't want to grow past to where I think I can eat anything 
and still be a good child of God. Because newsflash, that's not true. That's not true. And the truest test of a Christianity is when the all things, and we're going to get into it, is a stumbling block to the vegetarians. I have a responsibility that if I know nothing will affect my eternal security, that does not give me license to eat anything I want to eat. Because the whole point of Christianity is getting new believers in and getting new believers in and getting new believers in and then us understanding. I'll use, I'll, I'll use the illustration. I used it several, several times, not here lately, but uh, Blake was with me and he was in his car seat and somebody sent me a YouTube video and so I, I, uh, something they wanted me to look at, so I put it and put it up my, by my speedometer, and I'm driving down the road watching YouTube. Blake's in the back, and he goes, Grandpa, that's a cool way to watch TV. Question, am I mature enough to drive and watch YouTube at the same time? <laughs> Mr. Harris is like, nope. <laughs> that's what Kelly says, nope. Am I more mature than Blake? He can't even drive a car. His feet don't even touch the ground. So I turned around and looked at him. He's a little snot nose. Here, you don't even know how to drive. Or did I go, oops, I'm setting a bad example. Because once they see me do this, then there's somebody here that says, oh, well, you've been saved much longer than I have. Well, I, can, I can get involved in that. And we don't understand. We may be enjoying the moment, but we're killing the future. And the next generation will do what they see as acceptable. In the, so, so, so if you would, and I have, I'm, I'm out of time, but, but please look at verse 3. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth so so here you have the interaction between the two i i am very narrow in my living okay and my very narrowness in my living lends me to be a pharisee that that's just the natural tendency that i have as I end here for just a couple of moments, is a natural tendency of mine because I don't listen to that music and I don't watch those things and I don't go there and I don't do that because I do believe there are some things that are doors that would lead me to dishonor the Lord. So I'm, I'm very narrow and boring to some degree in my Christian life. Well, it comes with you being a pastor. I told my dad one time, we wouldn't live this way if you weren't a pastor. And he flipped around. He said, son, if I was a plumber, we'd live this way. I don't live this way because of my occupation. I live this way because I'm saved, Bob Gray. There are some things I don't do. You know what's very easy for me to do? Is judge those who eat all things. Very easy. But when I start doing this, then the Bible forbids this. And here's why. They're not mine. For me to judge, and, and, and I'll tell you, if Kelly and I have to watch ourselves on any level, it is becoming a Pharisee couple to where we're like, oh, I just, I just, and I just, I just, no, no, no. But look at the opposite size. 
Not, so those who, who only eat herbs, and then you have those who eat everything, it says, and let not him that, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And it's very interesting that you hold them in contempt. Do you know there's a segment of church members who look at their pastor contemptible? They have no respect. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm very narrow in what I think is and is not. And by the way, you'd much rather have a pastor that's very narrow in his personal beliefs than have a pastor who says we can eat all things. It, 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 it was probably a couple years ago, 13, 10, 11 years ago, that I was sitting in that chair right there and, and somebody was singing a song up here and I, and I immediately said, oh, I don't know how that song got in, but we can't sing that song. And I remember addressing it with the group that sang it and, and, and I was amazed at some that were like, yes, sir, pastor. But then there were some that were like, do you control everything around here? And I said, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. I have to answer to the Lord. And I will tell you, if God ever leads you to another church, you want a church with somebody who the pastor is boring to some degree and has more standards, but he doesn't judge you. Then somebody says, eat anything you want to eat. The rest like y'all don't want to dress. Do what you want to do. This is, this, this is not good. Because you at least want a pastor that has the basics down. Romans 14 is amazing. And if I could, and, and I'm going to take it to the, to the, to the, kind of to the end. And look at verse 19. And this will be the premise and then we're done. And this is kind of, look, look what it says in verse number. Let us therefore, now this is at the conclusion of everything we're getting ready to talk about. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for what? peace and things wherewith one may what please edify another do you know at the end of the journey what our church needs to be is peace we need to live in peace and then we need to live where everybody is edifying everybody if we get them i'm gonna push you higher and if pushing you higher means i don't eat that from the buffet then i'm not going to eat that from the buffet and if pushing you higher means I respect what you truly believe. I, I have friends, like you have friends. And, and my friends know there are certain things I don't do. Because of that, they don't ever put me in that position of things I'm fully persuaded in my own mind. This is how we edify. This is how we push up. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.